0: When dinner was announced, Mr. Grill took in Miss Ilex. Miss Grill, of course, took the arm of Lord Currithin. Mr. Faulkner took in one of the young ladies and placed her on the left hand of the host. The Reverend Dr. Pimion took in another and was consequently seated between her and Miss Ilex. Mr. Faulkner was thus as far removed as possible from the young lady of the house, and was consequently, though he struggled as much as possible against it, frequently distray, unconsciously and unwillingly observing Miss Grill and Lord Curryfin, and making occasional observations very wide of the mark to the fair damsels on his right and left, who set him down in their minds for a very odd young man.' The soup and fish were discussed in comparative silence, the entrees not much otherwise, but suddenly a jubilant expression from Mr. MacBorrodale hailed the disclosure of a large sirloin of beef which figured before Mr. Grill. "'You were a man of taste, Mr. Grill,' That is a handsomer ornament of a dinner table than clusters of nosegays and all sorts of uneatable decorations. I detest and abominate the idea of a Siberian dinner where you just look on fiddle faddles while your dinner is behind a screen and you are
1: served with rations like a pauper. I quite agree with Mr. McBorrowdale. I like to see my dinner and herein I rejoice to have Addison on my side, for I remember a paper in which he objects to having roast beef placed on a sideboard. Even in his day it had been displaced to make way for some incomprehensible French dishes, among which he could find nothing to eat. I do not know what he would have said to its being placed altogether out of sight. Still there is something to be said on the other side there is hardly one gentleman in twenty who knows how to carve. And as to ladies, though they did know once on a time, they do not now. What can be more pitiable than the right-hand man of the lady of the house, awkward enough in himself, with a dish twisted round to him in the most awkward possible position, digging in unutterable mortification for a joint which he cannot find, and wishing the unanatomizable valet behind a Russian screed with the footman,
0: I still like to see the valet. It might be put on table with its joints divided,
1: as
2: that turkey is, Mister Macfarraudale, which gives my niece no trouble. But the precaution is not necessary with such a right-hand man as Lord Carleyfin, who carves to perfection.
0: Your arrangements are perfect. "'At the last of these Siberian dinners, at which I had the misfortune to be present, "'I had offered me for two of my rations the tail of a mullet and the drumstick of a fowl. "'Men who carve behind screens ought to pass a competitive examination before a jury of gastronomers.' "'Men who carve at a table are drilled by degrees into something like tolerable operators by the mere shame
1: of the public process.'
2: "'I will guarantee you against a Siberian dinner whenever you dine with me.'
1: "'Mr. Grill is a true conservative in dining.'
2: "'A true conservative, I hope.' Not what a soi-disant conservative is, practically, a man who sails under national colours, hauls them down and hoists the enemies. I like old customs. I like a glass of wine with a friend. What say you, Doctor? Mr MacBorrowdale will join us?
3: Most willingly. My uncle and the doctor have got, as usual, into a discussion. To the great amusement of the old lady, who sits between them and says nothing.
1: Perhaps their discussion is to recondite for her.
3: No, they never talk before ladies of any subject in which ladies cannot join, and she has plenty to say for herself when she pleases. But when conversation pleases her, she likes to listen and be silent. It strikes me, by a few words that float this way, that they are discussing the art of dining. She ought to be a proficient in it. For she lives much in the world and has met as many persons whom she is equally willing either to meet tomorrow or never to meet again.